This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. Hi, this is Denise Crosby. I played Tasha Yar on Star Trek The Next Generation, and you're listening to Trek FM. Welcome listeners to another cup of Earl Grey. I'm your host, Amy Nelson, and we have a full cup of tea today. Everyone's in the house, so let's say our hellos. Joe Keegan. Hi, the cup is so full, it's brimming over. It's one of those big giant mugs you get. For your dad when you're young, and it's yes. like it would hold like ten normal cups of tea. <laughs> so yes, I'm well, Amy. The weather's very changeable here. Um, yeah, it's very good, times. good. We also have Ria Papa Giorgio. Ria, welcome. Good morning, afternoon, evening, everybody. Um, glad to see your smiling faces today very good and pierre larocco pierre hello 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 i just thought uh when you were saying a big cup of of earl gray tea i was just thought that the one thing we missed from pa- captain picard day is a nice homemade mug of number one captain that's right the homemade mugs of course <laughs> they do have pottery on the enterprise d so and we have Kevin Scarf. Hello, Kevin. Hello, hello. Um, can you get Earl Grey tea iced? He always gets it hot, but a nice iced Earl Grey tea might go down well. Yes, because right it is very warm this summer. I agree. <laughs> can I make an admission? I have tried to like Earl Grey tea in the past, yeah. but I just can't. It's not. There's, it's the oil of bergamot or bergamot, however you say it. Um, I just... It's quite floral. Yes. No. Yeah, I too have tried it and prefer other teas as well. <laughs> I like it. I'd also like to add that when I was picking colors for my office, I knew I wanted to go with some sort of gray, and I found a color called Earl Gray. Wow. Did you use it? Oh, of course I did. <laughs> nice. Well, listeners, we have some Babel Conference feedback from Earl Grey episode 330, where we talked about Data's hobbies. So, Joe, why don't you start us off? Sure. Michael Bentley says, it sounds like an interesting one. In addition to Data's painting talents, I love the scene where he's simultaneously listening to Mozart's Jupiter Symphony in C Major, Bach's Brandenburg Concerto No. 3, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony Second Movement, Molto Vivace, and Lad. Donna Immobile, and from Verdi's Rigoletto. 
<laughs> Thanks, Michael. <laughs> I'm glad I've got a musical background because I just managed to say all of that. <laughs> I know. When I was like, okay, who's going to read this? I'm like, Joe has to read it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's La Donna Immobile. Immobile. Mm. Mobile, so. maybe. La Donna Immobile. Yeah. And you have to use your hands, well, too. No. Uh, From Verdi's Rigoletto. Sure. I'm not doing that either, Ria, but okay. Uh, yeah, Michael, good point. That's a favourite scene of mine, the fact that the ability to be able to do that, kind of listen to or do multiple things like the ultimate in multitasking would be truly awesome. So thank you. I think it would be confusing. I listen to a quiz show and one of the games they play occasionally is put two songs together and they're going through your head at the same time and trying to listen to either melody is impossible when you've got both going on at the same time. So good on Data. Yeah. Well, Stephen Ringline comments, Data, the moment you decided to stop imitating other actors and create your own interpretation, you were already one step closer to understanding humanity. And that was Picard in season four's episode Devil's Do about Data modifying the acting technique called The Method for his own uses. We've seen Data get closer step-by-step step through his hobbies, with Picard as his mentor encouraging him. Great episode. Well, thank you, Stephen. That is a, that's a great point. And I think that holds true for human beings or carbon-based units as well, that uh, you, know, you can imitate others and how they create their art, but the moment you start you know, modifying it and, and doing it your own way, then you've become a true artist. You know, we, we did get a really good discussion through that episode from a topic that we weren't sure was going to work when we started. So I'm really happy that the listeners really in, enjoyed it and uh, liked listening to what we had to say about that subject. All right. We also got an email. So thank you. Uh, Kevin, why don't you read that for us? Sure. It's from Christian in Long Beach, California. And the subject is catching up. He says, hi, Trekkies. I've been playing catch-up. Yesterday, I listened to the episode on Jack Crusher. One of my thoughts on why Beverly never moved on? When my mom divorced my dad, she didn't date until us three kids were of an age that she could give her attention to someone else. Beverly was a full-time single parent and a doctor, so this makes sense that she would give her all there. He says, I love that you have read Trek books. I, as you know, I have a huge collection of them. I find that if I read one chapter before I go to bed of whatever book I'm reading, I'm happy, especially in the midst of the school year. Also, we don't have a TV in the bedroom. The only screen allowed is my Kindle. The three new hosts were a major surprise to me and a wonderful surprise. I love their guest episodes and can't wait for more time with them. And that's from Christian Jewell or Alonzo, as you may know me in the Babel Conference, he says. Thanks, Christian. That's a great email, and uh, we uh, appreciate uh, your listening. And uh, thanks. I can't believe he doesn't have a t- who doesn't have a TV in their bedroom. I, I don't. Oh, do you know I couldn't live without my TV in my bedroom? I Star have Trek. one TV in the house, in the living room, and that's it. Oh no, I fall asleep to Star Trek and all it's the huge. time. Yeah, I do the same thing, mm-hmm. Joe. Fall asleep to Star Trek, but TV in my bedroom is is too big and it's too right. bright. So I'm waiting for it to break. <laughs> oh, okay. When we moved houses, we were going to try to do that, and that lasted about all of, like, two days. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't have a TV in my bedroom, but I do have an iPad, and I can watch anything on that, so. I'm thinking of getting a projector um, and just projecting on the wall in my bedroom. Do it. Get blackout it blades as, as well. Yeah. I have cool. those, Yeah. For today, we are going to focus on memorable goodbyes, and in part because 
your hosts of Earl Grey will be leaving the network. Um, I just wanted to thank Trek FM for the many, many years that I've had hosting Earl Grey. Just a little walk down memory lane. I first joined in November of 2016, and our first episode dropped December 6th, and that was the exact 20th anniversary of Star Trek First Contact. And that's with the hosts, Richard Marquez and Lee Hutchinson. And we wanted to celebrate First Contact because many people say it is the best of the TNG movies. And we had a great time introducing ourselves and talking about that movie. And Lee then left us and we picked up Justin Ozer, who had a nice good run with us on Earl Grey. And then we had Richard leave Earl Grey, and that's when we picked up Joe Keegan. And yay! <laughs> and then Justin left us and we picked up the wonderful Rhea, Pierre, and Kevin. That has been the best part of Earl Grey is, is hosting with these amazing people, building friendships, and getting to know them on a more personal level, including our love for Star Trek. The best part of being on Trek FM is getting to meet so many wonderful people, the listeners and the other hosts of the other shows. Like that has been truly the best experience. It's been three and a half years and 179 episodes that I have been on ish, give or take. So it's been a nice long run, but my time is now closing with Trek FM. And I just truly wanted to thank everyone for supporting us and commenting and having great discussions on what is my favorite show, The Next Generation. Amy, you've actually exceeded the run of The Next Generation here on Earl Grey. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Well, it wasn't a full seven years, but uh, I think number of episodes, I think you're right. <laughs> yes, yeah, so this is my last episode too. Um, I can't be quite specific about how many, but it's just over the year um, that I've been podcasting with. It was initially Justin and Amy, and then Justin left, and it was just Amy and I. And then we had this really, really, we thought it was a good idea at the time. Turns out we brought on a bunch of really horrible, horrible people. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, like you said, Emmy, um, it's really good getting to know people more through your love of Star Trek. And even though we're all really very distant um, and we only ever catch up in person, maybe once a year if we're lucky, um, it's a really positive experience in this podcast. And it makes you think more about why you like something. And it, it reinforces why you like it because it brings out the details and it makes you deal with other people's opinions of things. Rhea? Yeah, I'm really indebted to Trek FM and the Babel Conference. You know, I, I've been a lifelong Star Trek fan, but it wasn't until I discovered podcasts and then the Babel Conference where I discovered the whole Star Trek fan community. And thanks to... Ironically enough, Amy and Joe, I ended up going to STLV last year and got to meet people in person that I'd 
interacted with on the Babel conference, and it it really has changed my life. You know, for the better or worse remains to be seen. <laughs> no, definitely for the better, aside from the bank account. Um, I have fallen in love with Star Trek fans, and as much as I love Star Trek and the whole Star Trek universe, the fans are just amazing. I mean, I can't say enough good things about Star Trek fans. And to have a forum like the Babel Conference and, and Trek FM where everyone gets to interact in such a warm and open and, and loving environment, really. Um, you know, my stint here on Earl Grey has been very brief. And, you know, I've managed to maybe stir up a little bit <laughs> while I was here. But Star Trek fans, you know, instead of jumping on me and criticizing me and, um, you know, shunning me and, and the stuff that happens in in society these days, you all kind of calmly, rationally, lovingly explain to me, you know, what I didn't understand. And I think that is at the essence of what makes Star Trek fans so wonderful and the Babel Conference, you know, participants so wonderful. And I thank you all for that. And yeah. Pierre? Around five or six years ago, I guess, I, um, I found my old Playmates Star Trek toys. And I started watching Star Trek again. And then from there, I, w I just wanted to explore more. And that's when I found Trek FM. I remember the first episode I listened to was um, was the Orb. It was a character study of Garak. And then I just branched out and started listening to, to most of the other series and shows, too. Uh, being, on, being on Earl Grey's, it's just so wonderful. You know, you get to meet such great people and get to um, share things that you really enjoy, as well as just having the same kind of values and morals as other people and kind of being able to share that and support each other. Um, so I, I really enjoyed my time um, in the Babel Conference and on Trek FM, and uh, thank you everyone for listening. I was happy to be a passive listener for the last couple of years until last summer when I decided I was going to go to STLV for the very first time. And somebody who is in this chat right now posted that there was going to be a dinner. And if you wanted to have dinner with people who uh, are Trek FM listeners and hosts to let her know and we'd be put on the list. And I said, you know, I don't know anybody there. Uh, let's, let's see what happens. And here we are almost a year later. And now I've been a Trek FM host. And so thank you, Amy, for that. Uh, it's been, it's a wonderful, it's been a wonderful, wonderful experience. Even podcasting with Joe has been pretty good. <laughs> In highway of your life. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, and like Rhea says, um, Star Trek fans are good people and having this place to talk about something I love in a time when people are talking about other things and the world is going crazy. This has been a very lovely respite and uh, I look forward to it uh, every time I'm on the show. So um, thank you to Trek FM for that. So keeping with the theme of our goodbyes, we are going to do a little round robin and choose memorable goodbyes in the next generation. So we haven't shared our picks. I'm very excited to see what we have. So Kevin, I'd like to start with you. What's one memorable goodbye that you have for next gen? I'm going to pick one that's a little bit off the wall. 
because it turned out the goodbye wasn't necessary. And that was the goodbye to Jordy in the episode The Next Phase. Um, Jordy and Ro were in that transporter accident and were out of phase with reality and nobody could see them. And Data planned a wake. For both of them, but really mostly for Jordy. And so the uh, ability to go to your own wake uh, is probably a little unnerving, but Jordy loved what was put together for him. Let's have a big party and remember remember all the good things that, um, that, that he has experienced with his friends and fellow crewmates on the Enterprise. So when we started thinking about goodbyes, I'm like, that it's a little off the wall because it wasn't actually necessary, but it was a fantastic goodbye. And I only hope that my goodbye is half as fun as Jordy's was. Oh my gosh, that is a great pick. I absolutely love it. And yes, we had a wonderful uh, service, Wake, as you said, and we got to sort of remember all the fun things that Jordy did and, you know, his relationship with how Data is interpreting it. And there was that there was that lovely um, discussion between Data and Worf when Data was asking for assistance in planning things and and Worf's take on the goodbye and how really how happy he was. And I think that informed Data's choice of having this sort of New Orleans style jazz uh, party for for the for the goodbye, because it wasn't it wasn't a, a I'm sad I'm going to miss him. It's a let's celebrate who Jordy is and uh, uh what we've done together. Yeah. A celebration of life. Definitely. I, that's a good way to go. Mm-hmm. That's kind of inspiring too, because um, I mean, I'm going to have a full all out funeral, you know, and, and y'all better be there and y'all better be sad, but the party afterwards. Um, yeah. I like the jazz band idea too. <laughs> Love Greek music and dancing and yeah. I would like um, the, the portals theme played from Avengers Endgame. Now at the end, where they're having the big battle with Thanos, I want that music played initially. And then at the wake, I would like some kind of Cuban jazz music. I like it. I'll be there. With mojitos. Let's start planning. Oh, yeah. Let's not start planning. No. (laughs) We will all wear scants, Joe. Nice. Thank Mm. you. Can I send you my measurements, Joe? (sighs) I have been asked. Make me the I, scant that I'll wear to your funeral. I have been asked that, and it's stressful just making it for yourself, never mind having to make it for other people. So, so no. <laughs> um, I haven't thought, I didn't really think of that episode at all um, in Goodbyes, but it, I mean, I, and I think I said it before with Tasha Yar's funeral, it, it's always neat to see the way. Um, Starfleet remembers the people who have passed and and it, it was another chance to see that and chance to see how how they how they remember their their loved ones how they remember their colleagues and and you know we've talked before about how Star Trek's a, I mean not Star Trek Starfleet's a dangerous job um, and we don't always see the realities of that danger all the time um, so I, yeah I think that was an excellent episode and I remember um, I remember thinking how neat it was to really see those nuances of um, of life in the 24th century. And we should do some Geordie-style next phase goodbyes where we're still alive and just have a big party that everyone comes to. And once this pandemic's over, it'd be a good excuse to get together. Yeah. Heck yeah. That's just a party, though. That's not like a, a big goodbye. 
week. It's just time excuse. Well, well, you can still say nice things about me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's so, what she wants. <laughs> so my my birthday was last week, and because of social distancing, um, I only had a I had a couple of friends over, but one of my other friends organized uh, this sort of write-in campaign and they got the biggest most gigantic birthday card they could find at the card shop and it opened to a giant birthday cake and a friend went and drove around for miles and miles and got 35 of my best friends to sign it i'm a little sad because i didn't get to see them he did but to know that that many people uh, went went out of their way to do that for me was pretty amazing so it happens in your life sometimes yeah. And it wasn't a goodbye. It was a happy birthday. It was a celebration of life. It yeah. was. While I'm still living, it was good. Yay. <laughs> I'm surprised they needed such a big card. Yeah. You're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> we could all sign a postage stamp for Joe, mail it to him. <laughs> you guys. He would have tried to get you uh, to sign it, Joe, but um, he knew that you probably couldn't even write. So. Yep. True. I just scroll an X with a big lump of coal. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's true. All right, Rhea, give us one of your picks. Okay. So my first pick, and this was, uh, I was actually, when I started looking into this, surprised how many goodbyes there were to pick, and there were so many good ones, so it was a little tough to narrow down. But I picked Admiral Jarek from The Defector. And... Uh, Played by the wonderful James Sloyan. Um, I love this episode. And not just because Tomalak is in it, who's played by Andreas Katsoulas, who's Greek. But in this episode, Admiral Jarek is the Romulan who um, basically thinks he has evidence of Romulan incursion into the neutral zone and blah, 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 blah. And he ends up defecting over to the Enterprise. And I mean, he's trying to do the right thing. And in the end, we realize that he's been set up um, and so he's left his home, he's left his family, he's been disgraced as a traitor, he's left everything because he thought he was doing the right thing. And um, at the end of the episode, when he's standing on the bridge and Tomalak smugly reveals the I gotcha, um, Jarek stands there and he says, I did it for nothing, my home, my family, for nothing. And I kind of see that as his goodbye right there in the next scene they find him dead in his quarters he'd committed suicide but um yeah just kind of that admission of you know throwing everything that he held of value in his life away for nothing uh, he did have a farewell letter that he'd written to his family but um even in the episode you know they say that well i think data says that they won't even be able to deliver it but picard says that maybe if there are other Romulans that show the courage of Admiral Jarek, that, you know, there might be a day of peace when they can deliver that letter. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was a pretty powerful goodbye. That is. And, I mean, although he was manipulated, he was doing what he thought was right and standing up. And, really, what a way to go, you know, to leave everything. And, and that's it's sort of a goodbye on so many levels because you have him leaving his family. You have him leaving his country, if you will, his, you know, sort of everything to stand up for what is right and doing what he thinks is best for, you know, his 
country. That's not the right word. What what am I trying to say? Yeah, his people. Yeah. So that is a great pick, Rhea. I'd forgotten that he committed suicide at the end. That makes it even darker. Now that his everything he's worked for has been ultimately futile. Um and he's betrayed his people, he's he's thought he's had these lofty goals. But the realisation that he's been completely manipulated into the situation um, means he can't continue. It's horrible. Yeah, good pick. Dark. On a lighter note out of that, I wonder if during the um, during the Romulan Star incident, if Picard was able to get to his family to give them the note. I would hope so. And then we see later on in the the greater Star Trek timeline that the Federation and the Romulans have, you know, an alliance even in the Dominion Wars. So, you know, I would I would hope that his name was eventually cleared. Yeah, I'd like to think that his letter got to his family. All right, uh, Pierre, give us your first pick. So my first pick is the goodbye from the episode Half Half a Life with. Timinskin. Um, he's he's a famous scientist, so well-respected scientist um, from his world. His world in danger because of a, a collapsing star. He is he's on the forefront of trying to fix it, and then he then he has a birthday, and um, and he gets to an age where um, on his planet of. Kalon 2, um, they have a ceremonial suicide, so they aren't, they don't grow old and, um, and burden their children. And, um, and he, he decides that he, he must go through with it. His, 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 his line is, um, cause he's also fallen in love with that, with Rox, Loxana Troy. Um, his line is that, Alive, I'm a greater threat to my world than a dying son. He believes that if he doesn't go through with this, others won't either, and um, and that will create undue hardship on his world and their economy and such, and civilizational collapse. Interesting pick, Pierre. Uh, that's also that was also my first pick. So. Um, good one. And we've spoken about this before on Earl Grey, um, about Loaxana and how she deals with this society's decision to basically kill you and or make you commit ritual suicide when you reach 60 years old. I think the bit, the goodbye part that I see in the episode is right at the end and he's prepared to beam down alone and you think, oh, Loaxana's just abandoned him because she can't deal with the fact that He's going to go away and commit suicide. But next thing he comes through into the into the transporter room, or Loaxana comes into the transporter room and says, um, it is the custom for your loved ones to join you at this resolution, is it not? And she's like, okay, she's she doesn't want to do it, but she has to do it because she loves this man and she wants to be beside him when he does, uh, which is quite powerful. So it's kind of a goodbye for him, we know we're not going to see him again, but it's also the end of the episode, so we're saying goodbye to Loxana. And throughout all the times we've spoken about Loxana on Earl Grey, you, 
there's a depth to the character that has made me really, really appreciate her even more. Rather than initially seeing her as this kind of frivolous nuisance that comes on to annoy the crew, there's a, a depth to her that I really like. Yeah. And and I think this is another example where Timison commits suicide to do the right thing. You know, where he says that he if he doesn't, he's a threat to his people. Um, and he doesn't want to do it. He falls in love with Loxana. But I guess that self-sacrifice of giving up his life to do the what's right by his people. This was such a great episode for Loxana. It was one of the first times that we saw that there could be more to, to that character than just flighty flighty socialite and uh it really i think it changed a lot of people's opinions about her uh i think she was a character that was very polarizing at the beginning and um some people hated to see her arrive but once we got this episode and where she ended up on deep space nine uh, she became a much more vulnerable well-rounded full character yeah this is a lovely choice and uh this is a, a very emotional goodbye yeah, I think we see Luoxana saying her goodbyes to Timison. I think that's, for me, the one that's memorable. I mean, yes, we do say goodbye to Timison, and and he does have sort of like Kevin brought up with Jordy's wake, like we have this resolution, a celebration of life, if you will. And But we see Luoxana, even though she disagrees with this tradition, she is going to support Timison and show her love and have a proper goodbye and not end on a negative note. You know, she's going down and, and will support him. So that's a, a great pick. Thanks, Pierre. Joe? Well, Pierre stole it, so... Yes, he did. I'm going to have to go to my second pick. And that is... We've spoke, again, we've spoken about this on Earl Grey before. But it's saying goodbye to Lal... Yes, it's heartbreaking um, in the episode, or what was the episode called? The Offspring, yeah. So Data creates his this android daughter who ultimately starts to break down. Her positronic network isn't as advanced as Data's um, and she dies, essentially. The goodbye part of it for me was just before she died. When Haftel, the cyberneticist guy that's on board, that's helping Data, um, comes out into the corridor, um, Jordy, Troy and Wesley are there and he says she won't survive much longer. There was nothing anyone could have done. We'd repolarize one pathway and another one would collapse and then another. His hands were moving faster than I could see, trying to stay ahead of each breakdown. He refused to give up. He was remarkable. It just wasn't meant to be. Oh, it's heartbreaking knowing that Data was doing his best to save to save his daughter. And that's a reason why doctors aren't allowed to operate on their family because you, you couldn't mentally cope with that. Data could because he lacked emotions. But then there's the actual goodbye um, in the next scene um, where Data asks her, how do you feel, Lal? And she says, I love you, father. It's very sad. And she says, um, Data says, I wish I could feel it with you. And Lal replies, I will feel it for both of us. Thank you for my life. Flirting, laughter, painting, family, female, human. I'm so glad you chose that because I was debating, am I going to be mentioning that? So I'm glad that you picked it 
That is definitely one of the memorable ones. And her goodbye to Data, I mean, it's just brings a tear. Why? Why? I feel myself time. getting upset about a, a toast, a toaster <laughs> breaking down. Why? 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 <laughs> I hate you guys. I've actually, I've actually got tears in my eyes. I'm such. While you were reading it, I was such like, a "Such a loser." Oh. Well, what that makes me think of that, I mean, Data got that scene where where Lal got to say goodbye. So he had, I mean, Lal could have died, you know, finger quotes, died, malfunction, whatever, in the, the surgery. Um, but she didn't. And, and so Data, as a father, got that moment with his dying child. And what that makes me think of is, like, how many parents would give anything for that moment? You know, they lose their, their child in a car accident or, or, or somewhere, and they're not there Um I could imagine for parents that that episode has got to be just gut wrenching. Uh, they'd probably give anything for that, you know, thank you for my life scene. Yeah, to have a goodbye. You're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's such a powerful episode. It's uh, just the the whole the whole arc with with Data wanting to create create another life and Law coming to existence and then Law being taken away. Um, I mean, it seems relatively quickly. I don't. It could have been months because we never get real, um, real time continuing continuancy with um, Star Trek. But just um, that the goodbye. The, there's kind of two goodbyes, right? There's that. There's the one time before when the admiral's still there, and then after, and it's just it's re it's really emotional. It's really done well. Um, and it, re it really, it, it, it goes, it goes towards like when we were talking about data's hobbies, like he, he, he's growing towards humanity and, and understanding what humanity is about. We're all just sort of sitting here holding back tears. I mean, this really is the episode that shows that data is as human as he can be at this point. Right. He, it, yeah. To have to say goodbye to, to a child is it's got to be the most heart-wrenching thing ever. Uh, so uh, I don't know what else there is to say. It's it's a very good choice and uh, heartbreaking all at the same time. And how about that last scene on the bridge where Data's back at his post, business as usual, and everyone else is heartbroken for him, and he's moving on. I like what he says, though. Um, Captain Picard says the crew is saddened by your loss, Mr. Data. And Data says, I thank you for your sympathy, but she is here. Her presence so enriched my life that I could not allow her to pass into oblivion, so I incorporated her programs back into my own. I tra have transferred her memories to me. Like, oh, okay, so she's not really dead. Kind of, in a way. And then again, I think of parents who have lost a child, and I wonder if that even would anger them a little about, oh, you know, how come Data gets to keep his child's memories and I can't? I would love to hear a parent's perspective on, on that episode. You know, what's interesting is uh, I knew probably that this episode would be brought up here. And I was like, how cool would that have been to have Bruce Maddox come back and be the one working with Data? You know, because he started sort of the whole thing in the cybernetics project and stuff like that i don't know just thought it would have been a fun call back to measure of a man yeah i agree uh, he's just a one-off character we'll never see him again <laughs> right 
Okay, so for my pick, I didn't want to focus on death, but more <laughs> thanks guys for that. Um, but if listeners have listened to any of the Earl Greys, uh, one of my favorite episodes is, oh, now I just forgot the name of it. <laughs> but it's your favorite. Oh, yeah. It, one of my favorite episodes is Loud as a Whisper. And for this goodbye, I chose to highlight Reva and Troy. And so as a counselor... You want people to be productive and effective in the real world and and to go out and do their thing successfully. And I think this episode really highlights a successful goodbye for one of Troy's patients, and I use the air quotes, because Reva has lost his course. So he is dealing with an amazing and very emotional loss for three of his friends that make up his chorus. But he has the role as an arbitrator to go down to these warring factions and help them to come to a compromise. And he's just so distraught. And the episode really highlights a lot of what Troy does to help him be successful. And she even goes so far, it's like, well, I will try. If you're not willing to go down, I will go down and try my hand to get these warring factions together. And through sort of, I think, his processing his loss and realizing his purpose, that he makes the decision to go down. And, you know, I think with their goodbye, he, you know, realizes that Troy is right. You want to turn a disadvantage into an advantage, which is sort of my motto in life because of this episode and, you know, says his goodbye. And I think, you know, as a counselor, you're just very happy to see someone functioning and doing well and being productive and moving on through this great tragedy. So I really like their goodbye, Reva and Troy in Loud as a Whisper. It's not one that occurred to me to think about, but you're quite right. I suppose any time... We see, we have a character that's a one-off character we'll never see again. You can count it as a goodbye, but that's a bit more poignant because there was something between him and Troy. Um, and it was quite a powerful episode because obviously he had his, what do you call it, his chorus. His chorus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Good pick, Amy. Yeah, sort of out of the box. <laughs> yeah, a goodbye, good luck, Godspeed. Yeah. Yeah, good send-off. I mean, it's sort of what I feel like every year at graduation when I say goodbye to my high school students. You were with me for a time. I taught you the math. Now go be productive in life. Never use, never use half of it again. <laughs> go, be free, do calculus. That's right. No, that's that's a great that's a great a great different way to look at it. To look at a goodbye. Um I struggled when we were going through this to be like where I was like there aren't that many goodbyes. I thought of, I thought of my first pick right away, and then the rest of them I I kind of struggled with. But yeah, that that's a great way of looking at it. Well, Pierre, for yours, I thought oh, that would be easy because I know that you like Klingons and I know you like Worf, and so I was thinking that you might and hopefully I don't overspeak, but choose the goodbye where Worf becomes dis accommodated from the Klingon Empire. Didn't even think of that. I mean it didn't even cross that my mind. Goodbye 
that goodbye is harsh, you know, without everyone on the Klingon council, like crossing their arms and turning their back on him. Like that's a severe goodbye. Yeah, that didn't even cross my mind. See how I snuck that I one do. in? Cause I had quite a yeah, few. I, I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> it allowed, it's the last episode. So, okay, well let's get to our second round. So Kevin, what's your pick? So I was looking for an episode with a goodbye where someone leaves on their own terms. And I think the best example of that is the second last episode of the series, Preemptive Strike. And this is both the return and the goodbye of Ro Laren. She is so conflicted about leaving because she doesn't want to let Picard down. He's her mentor. He's her trusted advisor. But her own moral code and her own sympathies are forcing her into a direction which she knows are going to disappoint him. And the end of that episode, when Riker gives his report to Picard and Picard won't even look at it because she's disappointed him so much, is is a bit heart-wrenching. But in the end, you know that Roe has done the right thing for her. And um, I think that, uh, that that makes this a very sort of powerful goodbye. You know, she turns a phaser on Riker and, you know, he's one of our heroes. We've been with him for seven years and we've grown to love Roe, but she's doing what's best for her. And it's uh, it's a very powerful and emotional and uh, just, I think, a perfect send off for that character. That's a great pick and a great episode. I thought of that one as well. Um, yeah, that's. She's just amazing in that episode and her conflict and and choosing, you know, who's she going to let down, Picard or her people? Well, some of us have grown to love That's her. what I was going to say, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Roe Laren, so that one didn't pop into my mind. But that is a great pick. And that choice of her letting Picard down, oh, it's so heartbreaking. But you know she's doing it, like you said, Rhea, for her people. And she's doing what she thinks is best. So that that is a good, good, a good goodbye. I was very happy to see her go. Um, I felt like her entire character was on the fence. Like she needed to pick one. Right? Like, is she going to be a Bajoran rebel or, or not? Or being Starfleet? And she needed to decide. Um, I feel like there was way too much on the fence with that character of, I'm going to be in Starfleet, but I'm not really going to be in Starfleet, and I'm not going to follow all the rules, and she needed to go. Yeah, right. Um, for me, it was less of a goodbye and more of a good riddance. Sorry, Kevin. Um, I think, you know that um, three by three diagram you get with, like, lawful good, um, chaotic good, chaotic evil, that kind of thing? She's she's a good, she's on the side of the goodies because she's part of Starfleet and she's Bajoran. Um, but she's chaotic and and I think that's why I don't necessarily kind of like her all that much. Possibly. But yeah, it's good a good pick. Um, We're going to get a bunch of hate mail from Justin Ozer, our previous host. <laughs> he loves <laughs> Roe. <laughs> I wonder where that email is going to go. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Rhea. All right. Well, Miss Rhea, Debbie Downer, the pack lead, has a, a goodbye that turns into a hello. There's no death involved here. Um, and this one is in parallels. And 
when Troy, when wife Troy and Worf say goodbye to each other there at the end, um, of course, Troy is concerned that her Worf won't return, her husband and the father of their two children. Um, of course, Worf is oddly concerned about Alexander at that point, which is another topic. But anyway, so they've got the scene in their quarters where they have that discussion where they kind of say goodbye. And then they're in the shuttle bay before Worf leaves. Um, you know, they, they say goodbye. They've got a hug. Oh, oh. Oh, and a kiss. Oh, oh. And, then, and then a glance. Oh, and then um, when Worf gets back to his proper universe and Troy greets him there in her quarters, in his quarters, um, he invites her to dinner and then orders champagne and then Troy's expressions. And, you know, you know that she's sensing something going on there. So, you know, that what could have been a very painful goodbye turned into a hello. I love this pick, Rhea, of course, because I like Troy and Worf. But you're right with wife and mother Troy saying goodbye to husband, father, Worf is a great, great goodbye. Oh, I'm so glad you chose that one. I I know it's the 24th century, so there's probably no rules surrounding it. But I wonder if Troy took or Deanna took Worf's surname. I hope not. Like Mrs. Deanna, son of Moog. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I, I don't think Klingons do those kind of things. Cause no, probably not. Where, no. Are, where are you now? I, I'm, I, she is Diana, daughter-in-law of Moog? Nope, he's Worf Troy. Worf Troy, yeah. <laughs> Worf, son of Loaxana. <laughs> House of Beta Z, fifth. The chalice of reeks. Daughter of the fifth house. Yes. I think that's it. <laughs> In some order. Cool. Uh, oh, all right, Pierre. All right, so. Hit us with your second pick. Since we're pick. really sad, I'm going to skip over my second pick and use my third pick. And then my second pick can become my honorable mention if we get to that. But um, so this is this is not as sad. I'm gonna read some quotes, and uh, and you guys can um can try to see where it's from. Nothing I can say or do will ever make you happy, or or sad, or touch you in any way. That is a vital prediction. It is apparent that my reach has ex- has extended my grasp in this particular area. We are no longer a couple. Now, no, we are not. Then I will delete the program appropriately. Data saying goodbye to his girlfriend, breaking up with her via toaster. Jenna DeSora. Yes, Jenna DeSora. And, and, but like Data's just like, All right, I'll delete you. <laughs> That's pretty cold. <laughs> yeah, what was the name of that episode? In theory. Oh yeah, in theory. Is the one we got to say goodbye to the woman that half fell through the floor. We got to say goodbye to her, like from the waist down. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that in that in that episode. Yeah, yeah, that is a great pick. I totally didn't even think about that, but you know, data saying goodbye is equivalent to deleting a program. Hmm. That's really yes. I'm gonna have to remember. Yeah, I'm going to have to pull out that line at my divorce trial. Not visually. I have deleted you from my memory. (laughs) (laughs) 
I will delete the appropriate application now. But I don't think that would be something Data would do to delete an experience. But he like says that. he does, though. Like, that was... it. You're right, Joe. It was very um, undata-like. Yeah, yeah. I wondered if he meant that he was just deleting the designation boyfriend, right? Like, the experiences would still be there, but but I'm sure he has a whole set of subroutines about how he refers to himself, and if one of them is Jenna's boyfriend, that one just gets erased. Okay, so yeah, he was... quit running the application. Yeah, he was updating his internal Facebook relationship status. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Data is no longer in a relationship. <laughs> Do you think there's Facebook on the Enterprise? There's got to be some kind of social network on the Enterprise, doesn't there? Yeah, there's Facepad, a lot of people on there. Isn't the whole computer a social network, sort of? It can tell you where anyone is at any point. And they're all on it. This yeah. is true. Good for stalking. <laughs> yes, computer. What is the location of Joe Keegan? Yeah. <laughs> Joe Keegan is currently hiding from Amy Nelson. <laughs> 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 All right, Joe, give us your second okay, pick. Okay, do you know what? I think, I, I don't know, I've got a weird corrupt brain. Um, so I chose another death one, sorry. Um, and it has to be, if I can find the tab. Well, the listeners are used to it because you're used uh, to killing off all the characters. The people so I don't like. Um, so it has to be from the child when um, Deanna Troy is saying goodbye to Ian. Yes, which is... It's really tough. Um, so basically, there's something wrong with the Enterprise. There's radiation and it's damaging the ship. And it turns out that Ian, who is Deanna Troy's son, who was born like two days before and he's now 11 years old, um, he's an energy being and he basically wants to experience what it is to be alive and be human. Um, so he basically, in a weird kind of scene, he and enters Diana while she's asleep and she becomes pregnant and gets born and at the end he realises that he's the source of the radiation and has to leave now and she's getting increasingly frantic that her son's going to die um, Dr Pukulaski is the chief medical officer at this point and can't save him and ultimately he, he dies and passes away then reverts back into his energy form and leaves the ship but not before saying goodbye and to Diana in the form of he comes up to her and she holds this energy this light in her hands and then she's okay it's a quite a poignant touching goodbye and for for finger quotes Ian I guess it's the death of his human beta Z manifestation but he still lives as his energy energy being and I think that probably brought Troy some comfort yeah I think you're right Rhea because she gets to yeah have that goodbye and know that he will continue and that he had this experience and that she was a part of that experience you know he chose her to be the mother and you know to have this amazing opportunity to learn about what it is to be human and to interact and and so, yeah, I can't stay here, so I'm going to go on. And again, just sort of Troy saying, all right, goodbye, I love you, and go out and do your thing. It's, it's a very good goodbye. In a lot of ways, it's a lot like Data and Lol. 
you know, um, a child is created, they stay for a little while, and then they're gone. Uh, I mean, this one wasn't of Deanna's choice, but she grew to love him, and uh, I'm sure he's always a part of her. So, uh, yeah, it, it, there's a bit of a parallel there. I was going to say something about something. Oh, yeah, I was going to say something about Troy, and that she discovers that her older sister drowned, and then she loses Ian, her father's already dead, and then in Picard we we discover that she's lost another son. So that's a that's a harsh life, isn't it? Yeah, Diane we 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 realize how resilient Diana is um, throughout the course of TNG where she she goes through a lot of things and she keeps moving forward. Um, you know, she really she really does. Like even just the fact that she was she was having a child here, which which she was like, oh, okay. Um, um, but then, as we said, she you know she grew to love that child and you know kept moving forward and um, doing what was right for the child, um, standing up for the child. She was just she's really a very strong a strong person on the crew. Yeah, that's a great example. Life can throw you a total curveball, like oh hey, here, here's a child. You know, and and to change your life and just pivot on the spot, and now you're taking care of this other being and, and uh, doing what's right by this other being that you never asked for that just appeared out of the blue, and now and then he's gone, and then you go back to normal, I guess. But forget about it by next week. Yeah, episodic TV. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amy, what's your second pick? Well, my second pick is we get to say goodbye actually a couple times, and that is to our beloved Tasha Yar. So in Skin of Evil, she, you know, Armas takes her life, but I she's in defense. She just leaps and she's acting and she's, you know, protecting her crew and is, you know, wanting what's best and is there, you know, as security officer. And she's gone. And what I like about um, that sort of is the callback that we get in Measure of Man um, with him holding the hologram of Tasha. And I love, love, love that because we, it's again, sort of another reminder of a goodbye. I mean, they have a service for her in Skin of Evil and that's good. And I love that goodbye, but I love the callback in measure of a man. Actually, that to me is more memorable than the service that they had for Tasha in skin of evil. And we get also to say goodbye to Tasha in yesterday's enterprise, where she chooses to go back to the enterprise C. And again, as security officer, she, you know, she knows she's not supposed to be in this timeline. And so she's going to go back to the Enterprise C and be that security officer and to defend what she knows is right, Starfleet and the Federation. And I think her making those choices in in that as an example of who she is and that character that she has. And so saying goodbye to her, I think, is is sad. And we, we get to see a little bit in All Good Things, you know, at the end, because we're going back and we see, you know, the first little bit with Tasha there's but I like that Tasha even though we said goodbye to her twice is still sort of in the mix of things and again that callback measure my measure of a man is just one of my favorite goodbyes 
Yeah, that's twice where she gives up her life in the line of duty, where she, you know, what they say, no greater love has someone than to give up his life for his friends. And she does it twice. Yeah, how do you come to that realization, though? Guinan tells her, you're not meant to be here. How does she then decide, oh, I'm not supposed to be here where I think I've been here for my entire life, to then go and potentially know that you're going to die on this other ship when you go back to the through the time portal, back to the, the battle? Because she thinks Shooter McGavin's cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes it a little easier. I never really, I never really understood that part either, Joe. Where one is to get to the understanding that maybe you're not supposed to be there. the The other is I never understood why then the the answer or the what the answer was to send her back to with the C, right, with the Enterprise C. I never, I never got that. I never understood why. Um, why that would make sense, you know, in protecting the timeline and things like that. And then we find out that we really didn't protect the timeline and things didn't work out at all for, for the Federation. But yeah, it never made sense to me where, where just that whole scenario. Do you ever have those moments in your life where you have like a major life decision and you have, I mean, it's a major life decision, but you know what to do. You just know there's like a gut feeling, you know, when it's time to leave this job or, you know, file for divorce or do or move town or whatever. Um, that's always what I, in my kind of headcanon, chalked it up to. She just, between what Guinan had told her, and she just had this gut feeling, and she just knew, no, this is what I need to do. She's another strong woman who, like Roe, had to, you know, go with her gut, and her gut said it was her time to go, and so she went, and... We got to say goodbye to her. We got to say a proper goodbye to her in yesterday's Enterprise, right? We it never felt fair in Skin of Evil, and so we got we got to see we got to see a kick-ass Tasha doing her job well, and we got to say a proper goodbye to her in yesterday's Enterprise, which is lovely. And only on a show like Star Trek can you do something like that. Okay, guys, let's get to any final thoughts. Let's do it really um, quickly. Like, don't go into detail, really just mention the person in the episode. Like, remember we did that a while back and we just kept on going round and as fast as we could until we ran out. Oh, okay, okay, so speed round. Okay, yes. Is that yes, what you're saying? that's okay. the one. Okay. 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 Kevin? Well, I only have one and I really couldn't come up with why it was a goodbye, but there's an episode called The Big Goodbye. And I don't even know who we say goodbye to in that one. So I'm just going to okay, say up. the big goodbye. <laughs> Rhea? Scotty Relics. Aww. Pierre? We'll always have Paris. Janice. Mihai. Cito Jackson, Lord X. Oh. Amy? Uh, Data in Nemesis. Uh, Rhea? Mm-hmm. Robert Picard family. Mm, Kevin? Uh, I, I'm out. Oh, Pass. you're out. Okay. Uh, Pierre? Oh, I'm out. Oh, the poker game and all good things. Captain Picard goes in to say I should have done this seven years ago. <sighs> Amy? That was going to be my final thought. Oh, sorry. Okay. Delete it. Uh, you're editing. <laughs> uh, oh, I had one, but I forgot. So, yeah, I'm out. Rhea? Captain Dathan, Darmok. 
Oh. Joe? Um, the planet Catan from the inner light. Oh. You guys are doing I'm good just... goodbyes. That's awesome. The Traveler. Rhea? The Traveler from Encounter at Farpoint. Oh, I got one. I thought about that. Wesley in uh, the, na- the Journey's End. The Native American one? No. no. The Where he's going and Picard. The final mission? Yeah, final mission. Nick Lacarno. Yeah. Um, I also had Timison in Half-Alive. And I thought about Armis from Skin of Evil. Nagilum. Nagilum. The space creature. Good riddance for yeah. him. Yeah. I'm just thinking of one-off characters and then that, now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Every <creepy> one-off <laughs> character that we know. <laughs> the creepy Betazoid that Troy had mentored in the one with Tin Man. the alien. Tin Man. Tin Man. Tin, oh, yes. that's a good one. Yes. Oh, and uh, yep. who was the woman from the just warp-capable planet who uh, said goodbye to her old society Yale. and left on the Enterprise? Yale, yeah. Yale. Mar- Marissa Yale. Yeah. Yeah. She said goodbye to her whole society. Oh. The Masterpiece Society, where Troy leaves her guy that she's in love with. I forget his name, but I know that episode. Riker and his androgynous friend in the one episode whose title I'm forgetting. What was that called? The Outcast. The Outcast. Our second chance is Thomas Riker. I thought about that mm. one too. And Riker's dad. Oh, Kyle. Mm. In the, the Riker's dad episode. <laughs> the Riker's dad, yeah. In that episode of the same name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Riker's dad and Pulaski. <laughs> okay. Anyway. I think we're done. Okay. Exhausted the list. All right. Excellent speed round. Listeners, let us know of any other memorable, memorable goodbyes that you might have that we haven't mentioned. All right. Final thoughts. Well, goodbye. Goodbyes are part of life. And um, like the series says, all good things. And uh, so uh, it's just it's part of life. And it's it's nice when you get a good goodbye. It might be the goodbye from us five on Earl Grey, but it's, we're, we're all still alive. Do you know what I mean? If you have enjoyed mm-hmm. listening to us here, we might pop up somewhere in the future and you might be able to listen to his podcast again. So yeah, it's been it's been fun. Yeah, as 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 you might not realize from all of the goodbyes we chose, we're not dying. Um we're 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 still we're still alive and around. Um and um and we we're still we still love Star Trek, so he might pop up again. I think Joe just died. Oh. Someone call 999. Nine. Just- 999, nine, nine. well done. That's 999 nine, nine here. Thank you. <laughs> hello, goodbye, hello, goodbye. I don't know why you say goodbye. I say hello. And I meant to just change keys there, but that's, that's good. yeah, nice. like the Beatles said, goodbye is a hello. Yeah. And, you know, since Joe mentioned all good things, that is, in my opinion, the best goodbye to a series. Um, absolutely the best episode uh, to end. And it's, I, I think, ends with everyone together. And for here on this episode, we are all together and we are ending. I think we're going out on a high note. I think 
We have done some amazing episodes and had some amazing discussions on Earl Grey about a show that we all love, and I think that's very evident. And again, we thank the listeners for communicating with us and listening and subscribing, and I believe that you will uh, get to hear us, you know, again, if you follow us on social media, um, but just not drinking our Earl Grey. Well, it's been somber today saying our goodbyes, but that isn't the only thing we've been talking about here on the network. Here's what you might have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, Earl Grey. It, you, I tap dance with my eyes, that's what I tell people. <laughs> just, yeah. I don't, don't look at my feet, just look at my eyes just and my look, jazz hands. As, yeah. long as, I'm, as long as I'm looking like I'm having a good time, I'm dancing. Yeah. That's the most important part. <laughs> yeah. And just follow the top hat and the cane. Just don't yep. look at my feet. <laughs> yeah. If the rhythm is right and my eyes are smiling, all is good. Uh, oh, cosplay ideas. <laughs> cosplay ideas. <laughs> the Edge, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. Okay. I was just going to say, I just appreciate that we're seeing these dramatic makeup jobs and prosthetic jobs because it the whole let's do a little forehead thing and call it an alien because he's got really old in next generation <laughs> mm. and in the original series the original series you can kind of forgive because of the budgetary restraints but uh, but with TNG it's just like really another little forehead thing or a little thing you know at the bridge of the nose between the eyes really really come on oh, it got really tiring in Voyager too The Line a Star Trek Picard podcast like you're saying about JL, I remember at the time reading this, Rafi calling him JL, and I remember that feeling weird to me. Like you, the first time it was in the comic, and then I was like, JL, that's kind of casual. But like you said, she kind of talks to that. And But now rereading it, when I got to that, it just makes so much sense because I'm used to it now. It just seems so natural. But at the time, it felt a little odd. The Ready Room. Do you think that if Picard were being made, if we could go back to the golden age of TNG, mm -hmm. DS9, Voyager, Enterprise? We call it we the had, Berman era, Chris. Okay. Oh, is it the Berman era? It's BE. Okay. Yeah. If we could go yes. back to 1996 <laughs> BE. Yeah. <laughs> when we had two hour pilots for Star Trek series, do you think that? These three episodes, Remembrance, Maps and Legends, and The End is the Beginning, would have actually been a single episode. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad or Apple TV or the desktop Apple Podcasts app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star rating, rating and written review that helps others to find the show. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, and most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are many ways for you to do that. 
The best place to join in the larger conference is the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, and it should come right up. If you'd like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select Earl Grey. That will come right to us, and we will, and we might read your email on the show. Well, <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> we won't, but maybe future hosts might. <laughs> you can always find the network on Twitter and Instagram at Trek FM, and on Facebook at facebook.com/trekfm. If you'd like to help us keep all our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more available through our special patrons website, PatronZone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. We'd like to take this opportunity to recognize our current associate producers, Norman Lau, Michael Huter, Thomas Appel, Chris Tribuzio, Jim McMahon, Justin Ozer, and Joe Keegan. Thank you for supporting Trek FM and especially Earl Grey. So we've enjoyed sharing our Earl Grey with you. Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day, rage, rage against the dying of the light. I did it for nothing. My home, my family, for nothing. Just kidding. I did it all for you guys and I love you. Hailing frequencies closed. Energize. And my last great joy and gratitude. Okay, well, let's get to our Amy, main discussion. Could we pause yeah. for yeah. two seconds? I'm yes. going to. Cooper won't stop crying, and I've been okay. clapping him constantly. My arm's going to break, so I'm okay. going to put him in the car um, until we're finished. He'll be I fine. I think that's legal. It's fine. <laughs> put the windows put, down. I put dog mode on, so my car's got <gasps> okay. dog mode, so it's fine. Um, oh, wow. I didn't know there was mode. such a thing. It's, it's for when you. Um, I didn't know dogs were allowed to drive in Scotland. (laughs) So when you go to the... Only if they're wearing a kilt. That's for when you go to the shops and now people see dogs in cars and break the windows to save the dogs. Um, That's okay to keep the AC on at like 19 degrees and also display a a picture on the screen saying, hi, my owner's in the shops, but I'm quite comfortable, thanks. Wow. That is such a European thing. Right. Oh, te- it's a Tesla thing? Yeah, Tesla. Oh, it's, it's a, a Tesla. smart car. So it's an American thing? Mm-hmm. Right, two minutes. Yeah, oh, Tesla's yeah. an American car? Mm-hmm. Tesla? Yeah. yeah. California. Oh, I thought it was a European car. No. Anyway, on my yeah. drive home from work on Thursday, I saw, some- I saw something great and hilarious. What? I saw a car with a bumper sticker that was, that was pretty... 
don't know, forceful. And it said, only buy American. And that bumper... Was it a you, Toyota? You bet it was. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that's funny. Well, a lot of them are made in the U.S. But he was quick only... comment before I forget. On the, the email from Christian, should we just read his last name as Christian Alonzo? He signed it Christian Jewel. Yeah. Yeah. He's fine either way. I'm just just at that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Just want to make sure. Pierre, I think that bumper sticker was only referring to cheese. <laughs> oh, which is not even cheese. <laughs> I'm sorry, if it's pasteurized, oh, oh, oh. don't get the Greek started on the cheese. No, no, because no. this is not cheese. Craft American singles. Yeah, I like plastic on my... Oh, they're just... Stupid. Hi, Chetzia. Bye. Quick, take the photo. <laughs> Oh. Okay. Right. Photo guys. <laughs> oh, he's watching me from the car. Oh. Okay. 